We've got a message uh, entitled Proceed Toward the Future. Paul is uh, upset in his writings. We spoke of him this morning. Our text is drawn out of Romans the 8th chapter, verse number 18. Here's one thing that I know. There's one thing that we all have in common, and that is this. We're all human vessels. Amen? How many believe that you're human? How many think the best person in the world that you know is still human? There you go. We're all earthen vessels. And you know, nothing that we do is going to change that fact. It's just the order of how God created us, and we understand that. We may not believe it sometimes when I make the statement that we're all equal in God's sight, but we are. You say, well, if that's true, why do I look at this person and that person, and it appears that God's giving more favor, giving them more advantage than, than I have. Listen, the, the foot of the cross, my friend, is level. And we're all equal in God's sight. We'll prove it. Paul says, okay, out of the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, verse 34, we find that Luke, it says, now Peter is beginning to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. How many of you know a parent that shows favoritism to one child or the other? Anybody? All right. How many of you are the fave of your family? How many of you are the black sheep of your family? How many are somewhere in between? I'm looking in that corner in the shadows back there. I should see some hands by now. The fave. I kid my mother. The three girls, my three sisters are your fave. They talk to you every day. No, it's not, she argues. It's not true. I treat all y'all the same. I said, I'm the firstborn. You know, you tried out parroting on me. How many of you know the words that not, it doesn't work in today's culture? I got whippings, amen? In other words, some would say, I got beat. How many of you believe I deserved it? Oh, wow. It's unbelievable. You know what? I was, I was not a meek child. I was an obedient child when I had to be. Everybody with me? But here's what I know, that that God doesn't show favoritism. In our environment, your environment as an individual, though the foot of the cross is level, it might be different in socioeconomic status. Maybe true. Maybe true that not everybody can be on jeopardy and get all the answers just right and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. You say that's not fair for somebody to be that capable of doing that. And I have a good observation. Who cares? I like living right where I'm at, enjoying what I'm doing. I don't need to go on Jeopardy. How about you? I can have fun in my life just like it is. Anybody with me out there? Sure. We understand that. Others, of course, may have different status. And, and here's what we know. Life is, try this on for size now, life is a, a compilation of making decisions and then experiencing the consequences of those decisions one after another. How did I get here? Well, guess what? You either made a decision or you failed to make a decision. Is why you got where you're at. I love that. You see, we can enjoy life and make the best of it. I'm reminded of the typical American family. Certainly it's not you. They, of course, is driving home from church. 
And as soon as they got in the car and went their way, Dad was fussing about the sermon being too long. Said it's just too long, and not only that, it's boring. Mom spoke up and said, well, you know, since you started, I want you to know the music was absolutely too loud. I do not know why Chuck and Peter and that bunch have to have that music that loud. The daughter who's in college, she is a music major. She said, and not only that, the soloist that had, they had singing the special part in the song, she was a half a note off key. Wow. Grandma said, I got to tell you something. Here it is. We were sitting in a bad place because I couldn't hear a thing. I don't want to sit there anymore. Young Junior spoke up. He was about to say something about the lady who had the big old hat sitting in front of him that he could not see around, but he didn't do that. He nudged his dad, and this is what he said. But you know what? You have to admit, Dad, it was a pretty good show for the few bucks that we gave in the offering. Pretty good show. I know that many of you have been hurt. I've been hanging out here now for 30 years. I have walked some of you through divorce, through deaths, some of you through business failures, some of you through accidents, some of you through life-threatening conditions. I've done funerals for your children and weddings for your children. I have counseled a mass amount of people when their family got crossways with one another. I've watched many people go through pain and pain, the pain of whatever, divorce, sickness, challenge, loss of finances, loss of funds. Some lost all their retirement a number of years ago, and I've seen that pain. Pain is, uh, of course, the result of hurt. I've been hurt by something, someone, or some circumstance. Paul is having to deal with the church there, the Romans, and talking to them and endeavoring to help them because they're saying, hey, we've had about enough. Number one, we don't understand. We want to follow the way, Jesus. We want to be faithful to that, but we've been doing that, and all we seem to get is one bad break after another. One circumstance, of course, we get a little church going, and then others will come in, the heretics and the lunatics and some Pharisee, and, and just wreck it. Or we get out there, and we're endeavoring to follow Almighty God, Jesus Christ, and when that happens, someone will come along trying to snuff out the church. And here's what Paul writes. He said, all right, let me level this. Let me admit something to you so that you understand a little bit about life. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Paul is saying, okay, I want you to get a grip on this. Wrap your head around it. That life can be painful. That circumstance in your life can be good. And the next day can be the opposite of that and be very difficult. And often when we have life that is on cruise control, he says something will run out in front of you, cause you to have to make a quick turn, turn upside down, and you think, what happened? 
He's writing to the church at Rome. Paul is frustrated, and he's addressing some very important issues. You see, he knew the culture. He knew that the Romans were very athletic and that they placed great importance upon the physical. They placed great importance upon the intellectual. They placed great importance upon the social. And they were holding on to their belief that they could be exempt from the process of nature. Listen, if we just work out more, eat, the right, eat enough oats, eat enough of this, that, and the other, drink the right drink, our body will never age. It will never wrinkle. It will never shrivel. Your eyes will never droop. Your chin will always stay in place. You'll always have your hair if you drink protein daily. That was their goal. Paul said, you become consumed with that ideology. And many Christians were struggling about the laws of nature. They were struggling about the laws of the land. They were struggling with the law of the Spirit. And Paul writes and he says, all right, I want you to listen up. In 820, he said, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. What does that mean? What does it mean? I, I was told when I got saved, buddy, I'm on cruise control. I've got it made. I was told if I'm faithful in church, I'll be the last in line for something difficult to hit me. I was told if I pay my tithe, I'd never have a financial reverse. I was told if I married a Christian, that I would have a happy marriage. I wound up and married the devil. What is he saying? He said, here's some things that you can accept. And you don't need to get concerned about it. How many of you know as long as God wills, the sun will go down tonight? Amen? And the sun will come up tomorrow morning. He said it's going to rain and it comes and it goes. He said you're going to make wrong choices. Don't put yourself in a glass house and say self no longer am I ever going to make any wrong choices. He said, you will because your spirit is housed in a vessel of clay. He said, some days will be better than others. He said, you have no control over your child's behavior when they become an adult. You can tell them all day long when they become an adult. And you keep at it, and sooner or later, they will rebel and say, Mom and Dad, if you don't mind, I left home a long time ago. I respect you, but quit trying to tell me how I ought to live. Amen. I can't change in one day. One day, you will die. Turn to your neighbor and say, one day you're going to die. I have in my office already the funeral arrangements for several people on our staff. I do. I know what songs we're going to sing. I know who the Paul Bearers and the Bearees. 
What's a female, female pallbearer? I don't know what it is. I already got all that planned out. Some of them asked me the other day, when do you think you're going to die? Not one day sooner than what God says. So until then, I'm going to live life, baby. Amen. I'm just going to enjoy my, here it is. I'm bound by this earthen body. I'd like to tell you that I could sail off that balcony and just fly and never touch the ground, fly right up here onto the stage with my arms open, my coat flapping, and just go like that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It is never going to happen. The minute I got off that balcony, all 150 pounds, I promise you, would hit that ground in a heartbeat. You see, having everything that I want will not bring me joy. Solomon said, I had it all. And I, among all people, was most miserable. Paul writes in Galatians 3.10 these words. He said, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Paul says, okay, he said, we groan in this sinful nature. We know it. And it's painful as childbirth. He said, life can be tough and can be difficult. And there are times that you'll grunt it out and groan it out and think, God, it seems that nothing is right. I, I wanted this to go this way. And it's true as far as Satan is concerned that, hey, this is your life, everybody, and that's just the way it is. Nothing about you and no circumstance is ever going to change. And naturally, here's what he says. You are bound by nature and you are going to decay when you die. And friend, hang out long enough and you'll start decaying before you die. How many of you know an old person that's getting shorter? Hello? The pudgy sheets. The pudgy cheeks have gone to wrinkles. My Lord, have mercy. How many's ever been to your high school reunion and taken a good look? Say, my Lord, have mercy. What happened to them? Not only that, we're bound by the law. You're going to fail. I, that doesn't give us permission to go around and say, well, since I'm going to fail, I might as well fail. No. My dad would never put up with that attitude as it related to report cards. Oh, uh, did you get your report card today? I don't know, it's around here somewhere. You know, I did my best losing it, but you seem to always be able to find it. Not only that, we're all going to fade away. What do you mean by that? If you're 25 years of age, you might run and jump a fence this high and sail right over it. But you just wait about 35 years. You'll lower the bar. What are you doing? Fading away. Well, I don't like that. 
I don't think I have to put up with that. There's only one antidote. Die. There it is. But there is another that you can have from the inside out. The antidote to the laws of nature is the law of the Spirit. You see, in other words, you can be old, whatever that is, but you can be young at heart. Your body can get a little wrinkly, and you can have the chest of drawers where it drops down, and you can have that, but listen, you don't have to let that dictate to you how you're going to think and what your attitude is going to be. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Amen? I realize this body may not be as strong. I know that this mind may not be able to think as quickly as I used to. But here's one thing I know for sure and certain. Ain't nobody got nothing on me because I've got the joy of the Lord in my strength. And as long as I've got God, I can do all the things that I need to do. And if I'm good, I'll have friends who can jump that fence for me. Paul writes in 821 that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So he says, our only hope in life is Jesus Christ. Because the body will weigh you down, life will weigh you down, circumstance will get you crossed, misery and agony on end will be everywhere. But he said, if you learn to understand and accept those facts, that's just the way it is, and you do your best to live the kind of life and say, well, I think I can help myself and be a little stronger and live a little longer, go right ahead, do everything that you can. But here it is, what I want you to know, you still, even though you look at yourself and circumstances turn upside down, you can believe for the best when you have the love of Jesus Christ functioning in your life. The pain will not be as great. The disappointment will not be as severe. The things that happen to you will not be as great because you say, I am leaning, the old song we used to sing, on the everlasting arms. Amen. What do I have to dread or fear? Leaning on the Lord. My spirit, man, is alive and well. So what do you do? You nurture that. You nurture that thought. The Romans, they were upset and said, hey, we're just angry. The early church, they were angry. Paul said, hey, listen, that, that's nature. That, that's going to happen. The bottom line is it, it will happen. But he said, understand the spirit man, the spiritual law. The spirit of God intervenes. So Paul writes, continuing in Romans 8, 26 and 27, in the message, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our what? In our what? In our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Amen? 
even though you may not know which way to go or what decision to make, it says the Spirit of the living God intercedes for you. Even though you may have made a wrong choice, God said, hey, I'll tell you what, you're on the wrong road, but there's a little shortcut over here. If you just stay on tack and don't lose your head, it'll take you right back to the main road and on your way, you're going to go. Do not let the enemy intimidate you because you might make a mistake. Stand strong and know that the Spirit of the living God stands in our stead before the Heavenly Father. He does. And once we receive Christ, we become heirs and join heirs of the Lord and sons of God. And this vessel of clay, we've come alive by the presence of Jesus Christ. Oh God, hallelujah. I know I might drag myself into church, but when they start singing and that choir starts singing, there's something in me that celebrates. I feel like something good is happening in my life. You and I may face the hardships. Life may be unkind, but our hearts, they may be broken. But we know before the Heavenly Father, the Spirit of God intercedes for us. When you don't know how to pray. He helps us in our weakness. He considers our heart. And the mind of God is revealed. I was feeling a little anxiety before church. I have a friend of mine that sang. He got saved out of a bar. Uh, he's Larry Joe, Larry Joe Wright is his name. And I knew him shortly after he got saved and spent weeks and weeks with him over a period of time. He was, um, he was not the typical or usual individual in any way, shape, or form. But he had a set of pipes that he could rear back and sing. No doubt about it. His previous singing before coming to Christ was in bars and on stage for country music. And that was him. And then when he got saved, it totally changed. So I thought, you know what? He's dead now. I thought, Lord, why did you take Larry Joe? He's dead now. And I thought, you know what? But he's still alive on that CD. I put her in. And buddy, Larry Joe showed up. He showed up. He reared back. He began to sing. He had a pitch that was unbelievable. And I sat there and thought to myself, God, you may have taken him away, but you left his voice behind. But God, here's what else I know. One day soon, hallelujah, the trumpet is going to sound and he and I are going to be reunited again in heaven. Can you say amen? That's what I know. I know that with all of my heart. He had a food bank, still does. His family, his wife Linda, has a food bank there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That food bank, bank is still carrying on, still presenting uh, gifts and food to people who are homeless. That was Larry Joe. That was it. That was his life of ministry. He lived that way. You see, many times he would get hit, and I would watch him get back up. Many times I've watched him giving it his best shot. He didn't know the politics often in the world. He doesn't understand church government. Didn't make any difference to him. He just knows, hey, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And I cannot hesitate to get on with my life in Jesus Christ. Here's what I know. Many times we have that direct confrontation of the enemy and frustration that confuses us. 
And we get anxious. We know that. We get discouraged from time. Do you admit that? I don't admit my discourage. Well, you know what? One of the greatest ways to stay healthy mentally is quit denying what reality is. Go ahead and face reality and then say, God, in spite of what I see, what reality is, I believe that you are more than a conqueror in me through Christ Jesus. Amen? You don't have to say, well, that doesn't exist. I want you to know, friend, it does exist. It does happen. Go ahead, take a good look at it, and scruff. Say, but I know this. It's not bigger than the God that I serve. Hallelujah. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, interceding for us. And listen carefully. You would not be enjoying the favor you have today. You think you got there by your smarts? You think you've come through the hell that sometimes you've gone through and you're on the other side now. You think you got there because of your favor? Let me tell you how you got there. You got there because there's a God in heaven who could see before you and took into account all the times you remained faithful when you couldn't and didn't have to. And God says, you know what? You are my child. I'm going to give you the life that you thought was never possible. I'm going to take all the tears that you cried, all the betrayal that you felt, and I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to put it in a fire. I'm going to burn it up. And I'm going to be bigger in you, in your life, than you can ever imagine if you just stay focused and on target. Do you believe that? Many times I cry out, and the Holy Spirit will direct your path. You see, Paul said to the Romans, you guys, you like to be in control. Anybody else out there likes to be in control? I do. So you shouldn't admit it. Come on now. Hello? I like to be in control. But how many know that in life, when you get beat up enough, you come to the realization that you don't have to be in control. That you can discipline yourself and say, you know what, I like being in control there, but this is so good, I'm just going to shift that control to somebody else. Amen? I know what that's like. You see, he said, I know you like to be in control. He said, but here's what will happen. If you will release some of that control, if you'll step back and let me have my way, in and through you. If you'll pay attention, Paul's right in the Romans, your life will be a whole lot better off. You will enjoy it, and you'll have blessing after blessing after blessing. Paul writes in Romans 8, 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Finally, it feels good to feel good. How many of you feel good all the time? How many of you feel good some of the time? How many of you never feel good? Spot them and stay away from them, friend. <laughs> Don't let what they got get on you. Amen? None of us. Except the liars feel good all the time. You know? But guess what? We get to feel good some of the time. Amen? There's sometimes as you look at this body and say, you know what? I've got aches and pains that I never thought possible. 
There are people today who earn their aches and pains because they do palate. Do you know what that is? Anybody know what that is? Palate. It will kill you. Most people do not have the stamina to make it through the stretches and the aches and the pains to get where you're on cruise control and say, I really do like this. Hello? I have never seen a happy jogger. How I many you know what I'm talking about? I'm never. Run around Hollingsworth. You know, you don't ever see. You know what they look like? feels good to feel good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in how many things? All things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to, it's capital H, his purpose. Well, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Okay, got that. Who have been called according to his purpose, sons of God. Romans 8, 28, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good, the message version. That every detail of your life can be worked into something good for God. Those aches and pains have a purpose. That disappointment has a purpose. That body not working like it used to be when you were 20 has a purpose. I've never seen a healthy man die of natural causes. You with me? But he said everything, say everything, everything works in God's behalf. Many things that I can do nothing about, things I cannot control, but I learned to accept and to trust that Jesus Christ will intervene for me at the throne of God's grace. I hit a brick wall. Wow, God. That hurt. Yeah, I know. I knew it was going to happen. You did? Yeah. I knew your stubbornness needed to be worked on a little bit. So that's why I put that wall there. I could have made you not hit that wall, but that wall's a good thing for you. Oh, it is? Yeah. Did you learn anything? Should have dodged it. If you'd have tried to dodge it, son, I would have moved it. And you would have still hit it. Okay, God, here's what I believe. You let me hit that because you've got something to tell me that you want me to work on. Amen? Okay. Well, you reveal it to me. Well, I'm going to reveal it. How many are married? 
the Holy Spirit says, how are you going to manage that? He makes intercession for me, so I'll make it. Everything that happens to me, he can bring good out of it. So God, instead of whining and having a pity party and getting on Facebook and social media, telling everybody how beat up I am, how difficult trial that I'm in, I'm just going to say, buddy, I hit a wall the other day, but I've learned some things in my life that God could have moved that wall, so here's what it is. I've got something in my life and in my heart that God wants to do through me, and the only way he could get my attention is through that wall, so I hit it, but I'm going to overcome it by the grace of God. Y'all pray for me. Y'all shout with me. Y'all thank God with me. Amen? Amen? Paul says, that's your problem. He's writing to the Christians. He said, what'd you expect? He's writing to the Romans who were part of the church. What did y'all expect? You expect because you became followers of Jesus Christ that all of a sudden your body would just get stronger? No. And when we begin to walk in God's Word and allow God's Spirit to flow into our life, then He works good things out for us. And if that's true and you believe it, then this Scripture comes into context in Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, what? If God is for us, what? Who can be against us? So you know what you do? Pack you a little lunch and say, I'm on my journey and I'm going to be just fine because I know God has everything in control. Amen? If you believe it, put your hands together and let's thank God for that. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these few minutes that we've had together. And God, I know some people in this room, they didn't need this message at all. Some people online didn't need it at all. But there's a whole lot of other people in this place and a whole lot of people looking online that said, wow, God, you sure spoke to me. Well, here's what I believe. God, that you have the power and the ability to touch all of us. And here's what I ask. God, I pray that you'll speak to us right where each of us happen to live. I pray that you'll just take this message, divide it meticulously, and apply it into our lives and let us in our understanding comprehend what this message said to me as an individual. Let the Holy Spirit reveal some of the truths that I need to mind out of what I heard tonight and that God if I mine those truths out then I believe by the power of your spirit you can let me be a better person and that God I'll learn to understand some things I just accept but God the enemy cannot take away our fight he cannot take away our will and our determination he cannot take it away without us giving it away. So, Lord, yep, David saw the giant. He recognized the giant. But he said, hey, I want you to know, I faced a bear and a lion before. And since I've faced a bear and a lion and they are wild animals, why should that giant be any concern for me? For the same tool and talent that I used 
to take down that bear and that lion by the will of God I will cause that giant to fall so God I'm saying to my brothers over there who are in the military what's wrong with you boys have you forgotten who Jehovah is have you forgotten who your sons of have you forgotten what it means to be called a child of the living God you guys ought to be ashamed and Paul writes to these Romans and says hey guys if God is for you and you comprehend that who in the world could be against you to get you down so face tomorrow put your shoulders back put a smile on your face take a hanky to your tears and begin to confess the faith that's in Christ Jesus to carry on and father let that be so so some of you may be here or may be listening online in your life you're not in tune with Jesus well if you expect to be able to be an overcomer and you're not even following the Lord Jesus Christ you'll find out that's not going to work real well so just in case I want to ask everybody everybody that's everybody to repeat this prayer after me would you do that Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus Christ Lord Jesus I need forgiveness I've made mistakes I've been a bad boy I've made wrong choices I need your guidance so I confess my sins and I admit that I have failed but I also admit I believe in you Jesus I believe you died for me I believe you rose from the dead and I believe you're calling my name right now I want to follow you with all of my heart mind and soul in Jesus name I pray amen one more time let's give the Lord a clap offering can we do that one more time listen some of you need to testify here's what I mean and the Holy Spirit is speaking that to me now God has taken you through some rough places He's taking you through some pretty severe challenges. And he's given you favor. And today, as far as you know, you look at your life and you say, by the grace of God, I'm way down the road better than I used to be. But you know what? I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. If that's true, you've never testified. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you have the ability and the obedient spirit to step out where you are and say I don't need anything if you do you can get with one of these but I'm just coming down before God and those that are here and just signifying God has brought me through and I just want to say thank you Jesus and I'm not ashamed as we sing this song, however you choose to respond, would you do that right now? Here we go, everybody. Come on, my friend.
God's spoken to you, why break out of that pew quickly? Father, I thank you tonight as we serve notice on the powerhouses of the enemy. And there are many giving testimony because the devil had his foot on their throat. And they thought as they were grasping for breath, it was all over. But the king, hallelujah, of the universe came down and said to the enemy, take your foot off. Because somebody else might have been praying for that person and they couldn't even pray for themselves and some mom and dad or some friend or some co-worker had been touched by the gift of God saying pray for your buddy over there you don't know what they're going through and they begin to pray and as a result intercession was made and God the king of kings went over and said take your foot off you've had your last time with them I'm going to resurrect them from the pit of their difficulty and bring them out stronger and more beautiful than ever. Some of you are in this room and you know that's you. Look what the Lord has done and how wonderful is that. So God, we know there'll be future battles. We know there'll be future challenges. We know there'll be other difficulties that are there. But here's what we do know. We can depend on you, because you never fail. You never fail. Say it with me. You never fail. Amen? Would you put your hands together, and let's thank him one more time. Amen. 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 Amen.
Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this message. I thank you for your word. I know you're talking to us. I pray we'll leave this room tonight and get in that car and be able to rejoice in the Lord and declare, hallelujah, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God and declare that there's nothing under the sun that the enemy can throw at us but what God cannot overcome it and take it. So God, we rely on you. We trust you. Give a great, great week. Bring us back on Wednesday night once again to rejoice in the Lord. We're going to build the kingdom of God. And Victory Church will be stronger and more powerful than ever. And we give you the honor and the glory in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. Shake the hand, hug a neck here and there. Shake a leg.
compares to you, Jesus. Oh, you're doing a new thing in our church, oh God. Doing a new thing in our lives, Jesus. So we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our minds to you.
this room. Jesus, we love you. God, thank you for these moments that we could be reminded of who you are, of your grace that's sufficient at every season, that your mercy that's brand new, that's your love that chases us down. And God, we respond to you tonight. Thank you for the word that Pastor brought. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I pray this over myself and I pray this over every single person tonight that we would lean in to all that you are doing and respond to you. Bring us back here safely Wednesday, God, to continue to lift up your name. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for staying and worshiping with us. We love you so much. Hope to see you back here Wednesday. God bless you guys.